Why do you roll up your sleeves every day? Why are they rolled up all the time? It makes me look dynamic and full of energy. I don't know why I roll up my sleeves all the time, actually. I've literally been doing this ever since I've been working anywhere. I've just walked around with my sleeves rolled up. It's only in the winter when I'm wearing a jumper that I'll have them rolled down. I've not looked around. Does everyone else do this? I think all the successful people do. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I was going to say I do it too, but that might mean not everyone who's successful does it. I don't know, actually. It's just some weird habit. I just always roll my sleeves up. Because I remember commenting to you that it's annoying that I can't buy shirts that have the right length sleeves. And you were like, but you just roll them up all the time anyway. And I was like, yeah, but it's the principle. <laughs> just like everything else in my life. It's the principle that matters. If I could let go of my principles for one day, I'd probably be really successful and much happier. But just for one day. Yeah, it's like, but you could just be so happy. But it's the principle of the thing. I have to be miserable and full of angst. You could just try it tomorrow. Tomorrow's a good day to try. <laughs> I don't know, man. Not sure about this. You've just said it's your chance of being happy and successful. Yeah, but I was being facetious. Has anything in the last week made you laugh out loud? Or giggle to yourself? Either is fine. I don't know. I did go to another board games night and there was some ridiculous comment about how not to be a weeabo or something. <laughs> I can't remember how it went. What is a weeabo anyway? I don't know. Tell me. Enlighten it's, me. Isn't it the term for a person who tries to be really Japanese, although they're not Japanese? Like they call people San and Chan and Kun. Are you aware of these honorifics? I'm aware of them. I don't know how to use you them properly. Like, you could be like, oh, Ting Chan or something. Mike Kun. Mike Kun. Yeah, those are like, those are like diminutives for being cute as opposed to San. Like Ting San. Okay. I was going to say Kun as like a negative there. But well, Kun is like what you'd say to a little child. Okay. And Chan is what you would say to someone who is cute, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not a weeabo. Ha, 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 ha. I got told to tweet more. They said, you should tweet more. And I said, um, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. And they said, you should tweet more. And because they asked me twice, I think I probably have to now. Yeah, yeah. Overshare. Do it. Chronically overshare. How long until I'm taken off the internet by social justice warriors? Never, because I am one. Oh, it's a double bluff. No, I'm joking. Probably not. Wouldn't that be a challenge, though? Wouldn't that be a challenge to be taken off the internet by SJWs? How long till they notice you? How long till they... Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think it's very hard to be taken off the internet by SJWs. It's, it's more a matter of when do they see you. Yeah, you know, that could be the challenge. Make some inflammatory statement about, I don't know, weirbone. <laughs> How many inflammatory statements do you need to make till they come after you? Just one. I don't think. And you need more than one. Yeah, look at Notch. What's happened to him? should do it. You have Reddit. Are you on their subreddit? I don't want to be, I don't want to be taken off the internet. These you don't want to poke an angry beehive full of like raptor bears. I don't know. These people are dangerous. But don't you want to feel something these days? The internet is a dangerous place. Yeah, I don't want to feel a red hot poker sliding through my gut. Okay, fine. I I'll, I'll just tweet bland things like pictures of scenery and my lunch. But how does that make you different? How does that make you special? How does that make you so Michael? <laughs> we, we had a whole sequence of conversations in the last few weeks that have ended with spoken like a loser. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what all they were, though. Telling you about, you know, my goal is to just enjoy the journey. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, spoken like a loser. <laughs>
that's probably enough to get kicked off the internet right there. <laughs> no, that's not enough. People need this. The internet's got too bland. Oh, I don't know what bits of the internet you've been hanging out on. I don't know which bits you've been hanging out on. Oh, you know what I have been doing? I told you this already, but someone was asking me, oh, so what have you been watching on YouTube? And I was saying, I don't understand why, but I've been watching YouTube channels about how to make cocktails. I don't even drink. Well, you can start now. I know how to make a mean Manhattan now, or a smoked old-fashioned. Do you have the, I was going to say bits and pieces, but it's not bits and pieces. Do you have the booze? No. No, I do not. And I don't have the paraphernalia either. But it just looks so elegant. To be doing what? All the glasses and bar spoons and gigantic cubes of clear ice. Looks so nice. I don't know. That could be the your new way to fritz away your money. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to make this cocktail and then throw it away <laughs> because I'm not going to drink it. I just get wrecked. No, I think I just watch people make cocktails. That's fine. Oh, I've got this husky radio voice now as well. Yes, you do. I was thinking, something sounds different. You've got to say the words late night love with <laughs> Sir Michael. <laughs> Welcome to late night love with Sir Michael. Now we're going to play a classic for you. In- and insert a jingle, you know that, you know that. Addiction, <laughs> devotion, commitment, adultery, truth, lies. It's also called I've Got a Sore Throat. Okay, fine. Every day for the past two weeks, I've been thinking, oh, I should really call in sick to work. And every day I think, oh, no, but I've really got to get this thing done. And I just go into work anyway. And then the next day I feel awful. and think, oh, I should really call in sick to work. And I just come in anyway. How dedicated. Now it has manifested in a sore throat. At least I have some physical symptoms to explain my illness. Are you wearing a face mask? <laughs> no. Wear a face mask. Come on, do it. I'm all. not coughing. Preempt it. Preempt it. Yeah, it's it's virtue signalling. I'm wearing the face mask to show, you know, I'm ill, but I came in anyway. People will be like, go home. I don't want you to make me sick. You make me sick. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, you make me sick. Yeah, that's right. The perfect comeback. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Ting. With t-shirts. With t-shirts and poses too. Is that right? Is that what I do? Yeah, we'll get to that later. And then we can talk about what you do to me as well. It's not you. You're the t-shirt seller. You're the t-shirt seller. I'm trying to get a nice scenery photograph for you to put on a t-shirt. Oh, true. The, the lengths you go to then. That's right. That's right. So we're a book club for games and today we are. Hooray. It is the start of a new book club game. Sleeping Dogs. Should we talk about how many episodes we plan to do? Okay. So last time we did five for Red Dead. This time we're going to do three. I think Red Dead was a bit long. I felt, I thought, I heard. Long. It was quite a long game though. But five episodes was a long, long period to string it out over. So we'll see how this one goes. But Sleeping Dogs is a shorter game. So what is Sleeping Dogs? Sleeping Dogs, an open-world action-adventure game by United Front, published by Square Enix in 2012. Set in Hong Kong. Woo! It was supposed to be a true crime game, but then they lost the license and they just rebranded it Sleeping Dogs. But I think it was meant to be True Crime Hong Kong originally. I'm not sure. I have no idea about the True Crime series of games. 
I've got to admit, I've actually never played any of these True Crime games either. I just read it on the Wikipedia page. So I think before Square Enix came in, it was a true crime game. But when Square Enix bought the studio, they couldn't get the license. So they rebranded it. Shall we talk about why we chose Sleeping Dogs or do we don't want to? Yeah, yeah, we should talk. So, so why? Okay, so why are we playing Sleeping Dogs? It's your choice. Was it my choice? Yes. I thought, I thought we'd come to it by mutual agreement. Okay. Well, because Johnson suggested playing Sleeping Dogs, and I thought, oh. So, so blame him. So blame him if you don't like it. Now, I have actually always wanted to play Sleeping Dogs. I've actually had it installed basically since 2012 when it came out, but I've just never got around to playing it. And also, it is set in Hong Kong, and we're in Hong Kong, so we will probably have some interesting insights about how true to real life it is. I've never played a game set in a city that I live in. You get a lot of games set in, say, New York, for example, and then the Yakuza games are famously set in Tokyo, and apparently are actually quite true to the real Tokyo. There have been a few games set in London, but I've never played them. Oh yeah, the getaway. Have you played it? Just the demo. Okay, so not enough to really form a strong impression. Nope. Whereas I've now been living in Hong Kong more than six years. So I will have some things to say about Sleeping Dogs. So before you even start up the game, you did a bit of research. No, actually, when you first start the game, all the credits start coming in. Oh, really? And you see all these big names. And only as a result of that, I started looking on the internet to see what was going on. Okay, so who are these big names? Well, hopefully you'll know some of them. So we've got Tom Wilkinson. Who? <laughs> you haven't helped me, have you? You haven't done anything to help me here. Okay, let me IMDB him. Give me a second. Although I couldn't tell you a film that he's been in. So famous he is. Actor. Batman Begins. Y- yes. Okay, I mean, he's never been like the main character, though. He's always supporting character. So he's... Carmine Falcone? Falcone, yeah. In Batman Begins. Arthur Edens in Michael Clayton. Dr. Mirzugak in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I should know who he is. It's not sticking. Is he Pendrew? Yes, he is. So he's there for traditional British villainness. Is he a villain? I don't know if he's a villain. Well, let's not go there then. Okay, he just sounds like a villain. It's just his accent. I've just been, I've just been trained that people with a, you sounds know, racist to me if I'm with honest. a British accent like myself are villains. I could be a good villain, especially with this husky voice. Great comedy villain, though. Comedy villain. <laughs> it's like, no, Mister Bond, stop talking like a loser. <laughs> with your beagles. <laughs> with my beagles. With my pack of beagles. Beagle Brigade attack. Anyway, moving on. Lucy Liu. I know Lucy Liu. Emma Stone. I know Emma Stone. Lucy Liu and Emma Stone are big names. I don't know if she was that big in 2012. Maybe not in 2012. Lucy Liu must have been pretty big in 2012. Oh yeah, definitely. And Edison Chen. Who's most famous for... Taking dirty pictures of his ex-girlfriends. And then being leaked on the internet. Yeah. He's a big Hong Kong star, isn't he? He was at the time. And then... I think that happened before Sleeping Dogs, and then Sleeping Dogs was the first gig he got off the back of that. 
I, I did read that in the Sleeping Dogs interviews that that's how they positioned Edison Chen, some comeback star. But what do I know? I was in the UK hit at the time. This happened in 2008, the photo scandal. Yeah. I get the impression this stuff happens all the time in the West. No one cares. Well, there was... Didn't they call it Fapgate or something? There was some big thing on Reddit where like hundreds of nudes of celebrities leaked. I mean, I don't think it happens all the time in the West. I remember it being this huge hoo-ha on Reddit a few years back. And I think the Edison Chen one was just a Hong Kong thing. I mean, he's a famous actor in Hong Kong, but I don't think he's a big deal globally. No. And then I think a lot of the stink was about censorship of the internet or persecution of people on the internet and the police, you know, being, oh yeah, we apply the law equally, but some people are more equal than others. Like they, they made a big deal of trying to protect these celebrities while some... arresting the little guy for jaywalking and shaking my fist. Are you saying you're the little guy? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I can't show my true power to police officers. Their time will come. Their time will come. They'll be first against the wall for jaywalking. Or for arresting people for jaywalking, more accurately. And then there's a bunch of Chinese actors, actresses that I don't know, but maybe you know. I didn't pay attention to any of these voiceover credits at all. In fact, I didn't even notice them showing the names at the start of the game, so it's completely washed over me. Sorry. The thing is, if they're all Hong Kong local actors, they're probably going to be famous for their Cantonese work, which, of course, I'm not going to watch because I can't understand it. There may have been some crossover celebrities. It happens. Well, I might recognise them if I saw their face because they've been on billboards and stuff. Like that fat man always selling mooncakes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, with his Harry Potter glasses. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go, no, Mike, because I'm not. But you were like, yeah, I know exactly who you mean. Who is he? I don't know. I'm just not happy with people pushing this Harry Potter glasses agenda. It's not a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. And everyone must know that I cannot take you seriously if you're wearing Harry Potter glasses. We're wearing last season's fashion. We're just wearing large black rimmed glasses. That's what was in fashion a few years ago. We're going to go back to the UK. <laughs> Everyone's going to be wearing round glasses. Um. I don't, they're not doing this Harry Potter thing in the UK, are they? I thought this was just like Hong Kong's chronic lack of fashion sense. Imagine if they did, though. Is there not an ASOS for glasses? I don't know. Sorry, we managed to go on like numerous tangents and get absolutely nowhere. We've not even started the game yet. Your final pre-game point was about... The making a film with Donnie Yen. Allegedly. Allegedly. That was announced this year as well. So it might be done by 2030. Well, probably not, because Donnie Yen will be way too old by then. He's Chinese, he's youthful for a weird amount of time. It's true. Yeah, you can't tell. But it might be part of the fake news that's going on. Fake news! It's just an amazing disclaimer that you can have these days. Alright, so the game proper. Sleeping Dogs. Why is it called Sleeping Dogs? Oh jeez, I've fallen at the first hurdle. Why is it called Sleeping Dogs? Is it a Cantonese phrase? I don't know, I was hoping you'd throw in a joke or something. Oh jeez. Because obviously uh, there's the British phrase, 
let sleeping dogs lie but i don't think it's about that i think it's going to be some cantonese phrase like the one about riding on a horse being too fast to smell flowers that's a phrase right i don't know <laughs> you don't know either because your cantonese is not as bad as mine but not amazing those phrases are beyond me it's set in a micro version of hong kong that has only hong kong island split into four districts North Point, Central, Aberdeen, and Kennedy Town. But it's a fictional version of Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong Island is actually only a really tiny part of Hong Kong. So I think that what a lot of people think of as Hong Kong, when they see movies and comics or whatever, the stereotypical idea of Hong Kong is lots of really, really close, really tall buildings, loads of neon, loads of people. And that really is more like Kowloon, which is actually not Hong Kong Island itself. It's like the mainland of China that belongs to Hong Kong. Well, Kowloon is the English name. It's like Kowloon, isn't it? Yeah. Nine dragons in Cantonese. So it's the bit of Hong Kong that runs up from the shore to these nine peaks of mountains. Is that right? Totally didn't know. That makes perfect sense, though. So, like, the stereotypical Hong Kong used to be really Kowloon Walled City, which doesn't actually even exist anymore because they tore it down because it was, like, a massive health hazard and stuff. But, you know, the the lawless, triad-controlled bit of Hong Kong stereotypically was Kowloon Walled City, which is in Kowloon, which is not in Sleeping Dogs because Sleeping Dogs is only Hong Kong Island. And then because of that, I think they've had to take some license since North Point, which is where we start the game, it's kind of used as a proxy for Kowloon. It's got all like the really close together buildings. It's got all this like neon and like more rundown kind of stuff. And North Point, I guess, is kind of like that. I mean, I guess it's more like that than any of the other bits of Hong Kong that are on Hong Kong Island. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close to Hong Kong if you think about it, but it's, I can, I can see what it's trying to achieve. Hong Kong being Wong Gok. In Cantonese, which means busy corner. Oh, really? Did you? <laughs> How come I know all this stuff and you don't? Because you've been here longer. You speak Cantonese, though. Not listening. Not anyway, engaging. That's the stereotypical of Kowloon now. And it's this, like, really, really, really busy area of Hong Kong. And it has night markets and it has, you know, people selling fish balls on the street and stuff. So I think that's kind of what they're channeling in the North Point area in Sleeping Dogs. I actually don't know North Point very well at all. Like, I don't go there often. So I can't actually really say too much about how realistic it is. Nor can I. But I don't think it's quite as stereotypically Hong Kong-y as they have it in this game. Anyway, my other initial observations. There's so much swearing in this game. They're just swearing constantly in both English and Cantonese. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you whether that's real or not. Because they don't hang out with many triad members. No. Disappointing. Have you ever encountered a triad member in Hong Kong? I guess the first thing is, would you even know if you had? Like, it's not like they have big flashing signs on their heads that say, I'm in a triad. No. Because I think I have. Because, you know, there were the umbrella protests for democracy a few years back. And there was this persistent rumour that I think was probably true about 
the triads being paid to try and incite violence because you know there were very peaceful protests and it just looked bad when the police were beating up protesters who were trying to just do their homework and i heard that they they got the tries to come in and try and make a ruckus and try and incite like violence and chaos and i remember one time going to go and have a look at the protests and just walking there and just seeing like this big gang of guys pushing people around and shoving stuff and they were all like dressed wearing like wife beaters you know like a singlet as they call it here like a mosh pit yeah and they, and they were all just like loitering with intent around like all the entrances to the mtr stations but you said you met them well i, I didn't meet them in the, i didn't i didn't talk to them but i was in the same place as them like, do you, I, did you, did you give them a push so i gave them a push i was like yeah mosh pit <laughs> no i was just like this looks really sketchy i'm gonna just back out of here and do my homework so wife beaters is your sign wife beaters is my sign yeah and they're wearing they're wearing like bandanas over their faces some of them i mean you know this is starting to sound really stereotypical like a computer game now a, a few of them a few of them i'm just picking out visual characteristics it was like literally a crowd of like a dozen or two people looking very sketchy a dozen or two okay fine it was quite a big pack of people and they didn't look like all the other protesters who were literally all dressed very sensibly and doing their homework. Going back to the original question, were they swearing a lot? They weren't saying anything. They were just glowering. Also, even if they had been swearing, it would be in Cantonese and I would not understand it. But you would though. <laughs> I would though. But I know, you would. I, I know a bit of Cantonese swearing. Well, now you know more. Now I know more. <laughs> yeah. My favourite was the bit in this game where I cut someone off in my car and they were like, Yamagato! And I was like, oh, I know what that means! Yes! Have a good day, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Why is it such a big deal that you can drive on the left? Oh, that's the other best thing about the driving in this game. I can drive on the left. Because in Hong Kong, you drive on the left because it's like the UK. Most other countries, you drive on the right. But Hong Kong, like the UK, you drive on the left. And so finally, I can drive on the left. Weirdly, though, it's actually becoming a bit of a problem. Because like, obviously, in real life, I know how to drive on the left. But... I've played so many computer games that in computer games I just start instinctively driving on the right and then I find myself going into oncoming traffic. I have to deprogram myself. But nothing too ridiculous happened. No bad accidents. No bad accidents? I don't know. I had, I thought I had an amazing driving moment as well. Also on Ting's t-shirt, that mission. So many funny things on that mission. We should definitely talk about it in the end. Alright, alright. So let's have a quick run through of the story. So your name's Wei Shen. You have come back from the States. You're an undercover cop and you're trying to infiltrate the triads or a particular triad gang called the Sun On Yi. Based on the Sun Yi On, which I know nothing about. Uh, me neither. Yeah, we live very boring lives. You don't really interact with, you know, gang culture much. This would be a very different podcast if we um, engaged more in gang culture. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just imagine. Bloody hell, I would make a really shit undercover cop. <laughs> the shittest. <laughs> yeah, I think the accent would be... Actually, did I tell you about the time when someone thought I was an undercover cop? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I don't know if everyone else has heard. This episode of the podcast is becoming wall-to-wall tangents. There was a time when I tried to call an Uber, and then they called me up. And they're like, did you order an Uber? And I was like, yeah, are you the Uber driver? And they were like, yeah why do you want to have an uber and i was like because i need to get home and they were like 
why do you need an Uber though? It's like, because I've got this giant painting and it's too big for me to take on the bus. And they're like, really? Where are you? And I was like describing my location. And then like this car drives past. And I was like, was, like, was that you? And it's like, wait, I, got, I need to see you. And they saw I was carrying this giant painting. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that was me. And they pulled over and let me get in. And I was like, what was that about, man? And they're like, oh, I thought you might be an undercover cop and you were going to arrest me once I picked you up. And I was like, what the hell? So, well, your profile doesn't have very many ratings because I don't use Uber very often. And like, it's only got like a few five-star ratings and I thought you were an undercover cop and it was a fake profile. And I was like, no, man, I just don't use Uber very often. That's a hard life to live when you're like, is he an undercover cop or not? Yeah, well, they did have a crackdown on Uber in Hong Kong recently. Apparently, a bunch of Uber drivers were arrested by undercover cops. Those damn cops jaywalking and stopping Uber. And they're not stopping the triads, evidently, or they're very ineffective if this game is anything to go by. Anyway, 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 back on topic. I'm okay with the police for now. So we start off with the first mission where you're just doing a routine drug deal. (laughs) It introduces to the basics of the free-running parkour kind of mechanic of the game. You're running along, you get busted, you end up in jail, you meet up with one of your old school friends and he introduces to his gang and you get inducted into the Waterside gang. Do you remember any of this? No? Waterside gang, I don't remember. I think I think that's what they're called. Winston's gang. And then you have to do some stuff to prove yourself, which mostly involves beating people up as a combat tutorial. So you befriend Jackie Ma to begin with, and you used to be, like, old school friends. So you have to have, like, an existing relationship with with him, and that's your in. And so it begins the tutorial, if you will. And then your first real mission for the gang, you've got to do some extortion. So you go to the night market, in air quotes, which is, I, I really don't think is a thing in North Point. It is a thing in Mong Kok. There's the ladies' market and there's Temple Street Market, both of which are actually much denser than this night market. Anyway, you go in and you shake down the vendors and they give you red packets, which seems a little bit too... Can you imagine Can you imagine if you're a storeholder and you're like, oh shit, the tribe's coming, I'm out of red packets. They're going to be annoyed. I'm not going to give them a culturally appropriate bribe. I think it's good luck. Is it good luck? I think so. Do you keep a supply of red packets in case you need to bribe a gang member? Or, or, I was going to say for you, yeah. For me? Yeah. <laughs> to bribe me? <laughs> no, but I, I keep a supply of red packets. I don't know why I'm being so funny about this. I also keep a supply of red packets. <laughs> you just have to give people them in Hong Kong. It's true, actually. I can't imagine that it's a triad thing, though. But maybe it is. You know, I guess people do just have red packets lying around in Hong Kong. So maybe you really would. I thought it was a nice cultural touch, but it just seemed a little bit on the nose. Is this the only time where you get some exposition about yourself there's a few times i mean you do expose it now when you're catching up with with jackie you talk about your family and your sister and then you mention your sister's dad and then i think it's just going to drip feed it to you as the story goes on the martial arts center which we'll get to later on as well that gives you a mission to collect these jade statues and i've noticed that each time i give back one of the statues i'm getting a little bit more backstory too so I do wonder if that will be a key part of it as well. Or it might just be a coincidence. Following on from the... Extortion. There's the night market chase. 
Who are you chasing? Is it the drug dealer? I think so. Ming. Yeah, you're chasing Ming. It's because he started trading with Dog Eyes, who's the leader of a rival gang. Yeah. Although he's technically also in the same triad. Yes. But I guess keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I don't know. Yeah, you have to chase him down and beat up some people. You have to give people a good beating. This game is really all over the place, in a way, since... Well, just to talk about the mechanics of the combat a bit. It's kind of just a combo system, like light attacks, heavy attacks, grapples, counters. It feels quite a lot like the Arkham games, the Batman Arkham games. I actually had to look up whether this game came first or Arkham did, and Arkham came first, so I guess this is actually the copy. Although it's not quite the same. Another cultural nod, I guess, is this face meter. So you're building up face as you execute combos and things, and then when your face meter is full, then people are scared of you or have more respect for you or something, and they're easier to beat up and you regenerate health. I didn't even know there was a face meter. Yeah, that's what that yellow meter on the right is. It's actually called the face meter. But there's also a face level as well. Which affects how fast your face builds up and other perks too. You don't know what the face meter gives you. You just know it builds up. No, no, no. It, when it's full, you regenerate health. That makes sense. And also the enemies kind of back away from you because they're, they're more scared of you or they take you more seriously in some way. And face being some, you know, major thing in Asian culture, though I don't think it really affects your ability to brawl people. The, the main thing, though, is when you're punching people, presumably you're just knocking them out. I don't know, maybe you are killing them, but it doesn't seem lethal. But the environmental attacks seem really quite lethal because you can grab people and then do like context sensitive environmental attacks so the first one you kind of have to do in the mission to teach you that these things exist like you throw someone to a phone booth which is itself a bit of an anachronism but you slam them into a phone booth and beat them up and fine isn't it the one with a shutter i thought yeah yeah and then, oh yeah and then there's another one where you kick him into a metal shutter and you like slam the shutter down but it's not like you're standing you jump you jump up and you grab the shutter <laughs> yeah. and you slam it down with your full weight yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. But that's nothing. Like, later on, you do things like shove people's heads in gigantic fans and all this like blood is spewing out or throw people into electrical junction boxes or even more shocking later on, you just throw someone in a furnace. That was intense. So it's quite funny when there's a guy in the gang who doesn't trust you and he goes, I've never seen you kill anyone. I think you're an undercover cop. And it's like, dude, I just threw someone in a furnace. Anyway, you can also kick in bystanders as well, is what I realised early on. Totally accidentally, obviously. No consequences. Oh, you lose some marks on the police meter? Oh yeah, I can imagine that. Well, outside of a mission, no consequences. Because I walked out my flat and I was trying to adjust my window. Because, oh, we never mentioned this, but I'm playing it on PC, whereas you're playing it on PS3. Anyway, I clicked out of the window and I clicked back in. And when I clicked back in, I just did a roundhouse kick and just clocked this woman around the side of her head. And she just totally went down and she was just like, bam, ragdoll on the floor. And this bowl like went rolling down the corridor. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. But she, she was just like down for the count. I'm not sure why I put this one here, but I put it here. There's a guy peeing outside my apartment. So I walked right up to him. He was very happy for me just to watch him pee. Did he have, like, a limitless supply of pee? 
Yeah, and I couldn't see anything. His hands are covering it. <laughs> I, I was more going to comment on, does he stop peeing after a while? I wasn't so bothered about that for some reason. Is this realistic? I've never seen anyone peeing outside in Hong Kong. Maybe five, in North Point. Five years ago. Five years ago in North Point. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. My, my expectation was that he would zip up and call me a name. I would expect that in GTA. I don't know if that really happens in GTA. Did they have people peeing outside in GTA? They had pe- people peeing outside in Red Dead. True, true, true. Oh, it's immersion breaking. You're ruining my immersion. It's very well, it's very much more arcadey, this game as well. The feel of it. Yeah. It's constantly trying to say things to you about like getting a high score, or do you get a high score than your friends? Is it doing this to you? Yeah. Do you have any friends who've played this game? I do have friends that have played this game. How are you doing compared to them? Not very well. Does it look like they finished it? Or? Yeah, I think I think they finished it. So I'm frequently coming in fifth place out of like five. So the next mission I mentioned was stick up and delivery. So supposedly Jackie's going to cut you in on a big score. You're going to steal some loot from Dog Eye's gang and it's going to raise your standing in Winston's eyes. Winston being the local gang boss. And you're getting impatient. Because you need to make a mark because you need to infiltrate the triad. But obviously you can't say that. And Jackie's like, yeah, my last haul's in the back. I don't know, I can't do Jackie's accent. He's got kind of... International Chinese. Yeah, he he cuts back and forth between English and Chinese quite a lot, which actually is what people who speak good English and good Canto do in Hong Kong. It's very... Confusing. It's a lot of English words in everyday Chinese. It's actually quite good for me because it means I've got some context for what the Cantonese is about. But a lot of people complain about Siri because Siri understands pure Cantonese but doesn't understand this mash up of English and Cantonese are you going to complete the the spiel for us no you can do it how's your voice acting terrible do you want to do one I'll do the other alright alright you're going to be Wei Shen then yep my last haul is in the back I'm going to do mine in a British accent you should do it in an American accent how do I do that okay do it in a British accent (laughs) haul what haul just a bunch of tyres and CRT monitors. Who the hell steals CRT monitors? Uh, retro gamers? <laughs> no, uh, they must be worth something. That made me laugh. That yeah. made me laugh out loud. It's funny, because there was a period, maybe it was around 24, everyone's just throwing away CRT monitors. Like, you could literally just, like, trip over them, and, yeah, they're probably worth nothing. Now they're actually probably worth something, because, nostalgically, people want them again. And there's demand for them. Well, there's definitely demand for them among retro gamers, I can tell you. I guess this is when you are introduced to the other driving mechanics of this game. Well, they introduce the mechanics over a few missions, I guess, but they introduce ramming in this mission. You beat up a load of guys, and they drive off with the loot, and you've got to chase them down and ram them off the road. And this felt very gamified to me as well, because I was going at my top speed, but you can get another boost by pushing the ram button, and you kind of just like lurch forward. Unlimited? Unlimited. How weird. Very strange. It's pretty powerful too. Like you can ram a car off the road, like just smash it up and it just goes spinning out of control after two or three hits, I think. Satisfying though. Satisfying. Well, I found that, you know, we mentioned in Red Dead, my attempts to get away from the police tend to end up 
uh, in massive shootouts and me dying. Whereas running away from the police in Sleeping Dog is actually, well, I don't think it's that hard. But it's even easier to exploit the AI or just ram them off the road. To get away from police, I would often do things like just slow down and then let them pull up alongside me and then just ram them a bunch of times or get out the car, then they get out the car, then I just get back in the car and drive off. And while they're still getting in the car again, I've driven out their range and I just evade them. So they're not as aggressive as the GTA police? Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, that's like a a commentary on Hong Kong police. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, to me, that was the most interesting thing about this mission. And you get, what, a fake watch at the end? Oh, yes. Are you wearing your fake watch? I'm wearing my fake watch. I'm wearing my fake watch. Yeah, score. Mm. So next up is Amanda. Is Amanda wandering out, wandering outside my apartment block? Yeah, she's wandering outside your apartment block and she's asking if you can direct her to this martial arts academy. And she says, oh, it's near this temple or it's in this temple. And you give her a quick tour of the area. So you show her Club Bam Bam and the temple, which is pretty epic looking. And finally, the martial arts school, which is actually pretty unepic looking. But I think this is going to be my favourite conversation in the game so far. You show up and the master of the martial arts academy recognises you. He's like, Wei Shen, you're back. And you're like, yeah, I'm back. So he, he gives you this very stern look. He's like, the one who went to America. And now you have brought this girl back with you. And then... I thought he was going to give me this like very, you know, a Chinese girl's not good enough for you or something. Because Amanda is like this blonde American lady. Yep. And then he immediately just sort of like looks at you straight in the eye. And he's like, your skill with girls, very good. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what? And he's like, let's see your skill level with martial arts. And then you have to do a bunch of fights. You should also play the role of a martial artist, like a master, when you're that evil villain. Comedy villain with beagles. I can have a comedy giant Chinese long beard and pencil moustache and wear a comedy Mandarin hat. I can be Lo Pan. Do you ever see Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> yes. I thought that film was really funny. I'm not sure that film was really racist, but I still found it really funny. And somewhere in the mix you need a panda, obviously. Oh, obviously. So next up is Club Bam Bam. Who knows why we're going there? You get sent by Winston because Benny, the manager, has defected to Dog Eyes. And you are sent there to make him see sense, inverted commas, and come back to Winston. So there's a new mechanic, which is you have to talk to the bouncer and convince him or persuade him. Persuade him. It's not much of a game. You just push a button. But they make it into a thing. They say, yeah, use your persuasion skills. And you're like, okay, boop, persuaded. You go in, you come across the host, is hostess? Yeah, you want to get into the VIP room and the bouncer for the VIP section says, oh, you have to hire a hostess. And so you have to go and hire a hostess who will take you in to sing karaoke slash do other dubious things. That's as dubious it gets in Sleeping Dogs. I don't know. It's actually quite... Have you been to a massage parlour in Sleeping Dogs as well? No. There's all these massage parlours that give you a bonus to your face meter. And 
I think they're massage parlors in inverted commas as well, because when you go there, the lady outside will be like, oh, do you want a massage? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, baby. And you put your arm around her and walk in. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think this is a massage parlor. Is the logo a foot with a smiley face? Because that's what gives it away. No, the, the logo is just a pair of hands. In real Hong Kong, massage parlors are actually really popular, like foot massage parlors. And they are just foot massage parlors as far as I know. Unless there's a smiley face. <laughs> there's a smiley face? Oh, is the smiley face a sign of... Yeah. Oh, really? Extra, uh, yep. extra services. services. Hmm, okay. I don't really go to these places very often. I'm I'm still too British, so... No, not a bad thing. <laughs> Another thing you come across is karaoke. Yeah, there's a karaoke minigame. Can you get it wrong? What happens if you get it wrong? I don't know what happens if you get it wrong. I mean, it's pretty easy. Let's go back a step. Are you using wiki this time? No. You, you seem much happier. I am. This is good. The karaoke is quite weak, I think. Of all the minigames you come across. Yeah, it's a shame. Why are there so many minigames in this? I mean, it really feels like they were trying to out-GTA GTA. But none of them are... What's the right word? Realistic? GTA tries to recreate real of activities. Was here that... It's very, like playing lip service to it. Very gamey. Like these are things that games do. They're not trying to recreate like bowling or pool or tennis, for instance. Yeah, it is karaoke in the most abstract sense. I mean, I guess it's kind of like Sing Star or even Rock Band, like the singing Rock Band. So you've got like a tone meter, you've got to move it up and down. But there's only three levels. It's very basic. I, I think it'd be very hard to fail it. So there's a fight upstairs. I only talk about because there's one event which I thought was quite cool was when you smash the aquarium oh yeah that's another environmental attack yeah you smash the aquarium did you then pick up a fish and use it as a melee weapon no okay I did so after you smash the aquarium and then like all the water spews out you can actually pick up a fish and use it as a melee weapon as well you can just like beat down the remaining bouncers with fish did you get an achievement for it no sadly not I don't need to do it then (laughs) you're like oh allow that then and afterwards, do you, are you returned to the police department? I don't know, because my game crashed here. And when I resumed it, it just instantly planted me into another mission that I had no context for. So I was very confused. I finished Club Bam Bam. And then literally, as I finished it, the game crashed, like it just went black screen. And then when I reloaded my save game, I was instantly talking to another police officer, like my handler. And he was telling me to plant a bug. And I was like, what just happened? So I actually don't know what happened in between. So you can't help me with this quote then? You can't help me at all? No, I have no idea. Because I never saw, I don't think I ever saw this. I think at this stage, Wei Shen is getting quite stressed about his situation, his predicament. She tries to get some support from, I don't know, Pendrew and someone else. Who was his original? Raymond? Sounds right. But he, he, no, then there's a line where he says, I'm an undercover cop. The rules aren't the same for me. And I wish you were here to help me and talk about this with me, but maybe we just have to cut this line out. I was going to watch a Let's Play next time or something. I don't know. I have no idea because the game crashed. The game crashed so many times for me around this area. Like The next few missions were just like crash fast. Don't know what was going on. I don't know if it's a Windows 10 problem. I don't know if the definitive edition is any better, but 
I actually had to replay a lot of these missions at least twice and sometimes three or four times because it would literally just crash at the end. Crash to... Crash desktop. Pretty severe. So you talk about your handler calling you and asking you to place a bug in Winston's restaurant. And actually it's a lot more interesting than that when she's get in there. I actually really liked this mission. So did I. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Because usually I'm like, oh, bullshit minigames. But it was like, oh, bullshit minigames. It was actually really fun. So it starts out, you're going to go and pick up a bug from Ping's computer shop. And then someone steals the bug from you and you've got to do a parkour chase and get the bug back. And then you have to sneak into the restaurant, which is actually more of a parkour climb up. It's not a horrible stealth minigame. You go into the restaurant after everyone leaves and then you've got a tense two minutes to plant the bug while someone else is talking about getting noodles, but you've got these two minutes before they go in and get the noodles. You have to unscrew a vent and then put the bug in there and then calibrate the bug and then screw the vent cover back on and then pick a lock. And all these things are done by kind of like you twirl the analog sticks to to undo the screws. You've got to like hold the analog sticks in very particular positions to activate the bug and calibrate it and then you have to do it with both sticks as well yeah you do the left stick and the right stick and then finally both sticks at the same time and then picking the lock as well is quite a nice little mini game like you have to like hold the pick at a particular height till the tumbler kind of locks and you've got to like flick it to the left to move it to the next pin it felt like a good way to represent lock picking not that i actually had to pick a lock but it felt good Better than, say, like the Skyrim lockpicking. Or the Bioshock one. I don't know what this would be like on a keyboard and mouse, because I actually had switched from keyboard and mouse to using a controller at this point, and the controller was definitely much better because it had rumble and everything. It felt much more, you know, tactile. Maybe if I had been playing with the keyboard and mouse, I'd be like, bullshit minigames. Chain of evidence. So, who's the hostess of Club Bam Bam? Cynthia? So she gives you someone's gun. Craig? Can we just throw in new names now? Yeah, whatever. Hostess lady gives you some gang member's gun. One of Dog Eye's gang's guns. And with that... Well, you try and call it in. So you call up your handler and say, Oh, I've got a gun. It belongs to one of Dog Eye's gang. Can you get ballistics on it? see if we can get anything useful from it. And he goes, okay, meet me under the underpass. When you get to the underpass, though, it's not your handler, it's the superintendent, Pendrew, who's got a classical British villain voice. I mean, it's so set up for him to be the villain, come on. Or a villain. Especially after what he does next. Yeah, I've heard the story's quite typical, so maybe you're right. As much as I like things to be great and clever. So you give him the gun, and he tells you to to shoot some stuff with it, to recreate a fight, and it's actually kind of just an extended tutorial for the gunplay. And then it ends with him, well, there's a dead guy at the scene, and he just takes the gun and shoots the guy a bunch of times with it. You know, he said, this guy, you know, was nobody, now he's somebody, he was killed by this gun. Now we can pin it on this guy from Dog Eyes Gang, and you're like... You're a dirty cop, that's illegal. Though you don't quite say it in that voice. And he in British villain voice is like, you know, you do what you need to do. 
Although, for some reason, I didn't do that in a very British voice. Finally, for this section, we have payback. The preamble to this mission, I can't remember if it happened before Chain of Evidence or it happened before this one, but they think you're a cop because you haven't killed anyone, except that, as we mentioned, we've killed so many people, man. If you were a real cop, you'd be in serious trouble for this. The body count is already approaching Red Dead Redemption levels, surely. It must be in the dozens. We should look at the stats and and see how they represent everyone we've knocked out or killed. Well, on a mission, I definitely ran over a pedestrian and it said killed an innocent. So, I mean, I definitely killed them, apparently. Whoops. But this is the mission anyway, where you finally convince them that, no, you're not an undercover cop because... You break into this warehouse, you shoot a bunch of people. But there's a reason for jumping into the warehouse. Swinton's really pissed. Okay, they're giving you little biographical details about the characters on your phone. Like you're getting like police background analyses. And one of them says that Winston is, quite frankly, a bit dumb. He's like just a total meathead. And Dog Eye's gang go and shoot up Winston's mother's restaurant and he is pissed off and he's like we're gonna get revenge let's go and burn down this drug warehouse and you're like whoa Winston uh this warehouse is making all the drugs that are supplying the big boss and making the triad rich if we burn it down we're gonna be in big trouble and he's like I don't care man we're just gonna go in there and kill this guy and kill the chemist and you're like no no why don't we capture him alive and then give the big boss man a bigger cut of the proceeds, and then you'll look good too, and we can make more money. And we can kill all Dog Eyes gang, that's fine. He's like, okay, fine, do what he said. So that's the mission. Don't kill the chemist. Kill everyone else. So you do. It's pretty wild, the ending, because you kind of grab the The chemist, and you, you're kind of like hostage holding him out of the building. And when you get to the front door, the cops are there. And you're like, oh, shoot. And then the building blows up. And he drives away in a police car. And you drive away on a police bike. And you've got to do an action hijack of the car. But the police aren't on you. It's so weird. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, it's true. It's literally just you and this guy. And it's only after you do the action hijack that the police then decide to get in on the action. It's the first time you do this action hijack. It is pretty badass. I kept doing it by accident after that because I was trying to like pop a wheelie on a bike and I was holding down the A button because I couldn't remember how to do it and it just kept like doing the slowdown for the hijack every time and I was like, oh, whoops. And in fact, when I was trying to escape from the police, I accidentally hijacked their car as well and then had to run back and get back in the original car with the guy I was trying to kidnap. But that's it. That's it. So then after that, the lieutenant dude is like I was wrong about you man you're a stand up member of this gang I know I can trust you now after I saw you murder all those people ready for bigger things I guess that's where this will go so anyway extracurricular did you do many favours yeah so the favours are what improve your face xp because there's three kinds of well there's three skill trees that are really kind of just skill 
branches like there's only two branches and they're just like in a straight line but there's one for triad skills there's one for police skills and there's one for face bonuses and on top of that there's the martial arts schools unlocks as well oh good point and the martial arts school and so the martial arts school you unlock by finding these jade statues triad and police xp you get by doing the main story missions and triad missions give you more triad xp police missions give you more police xp or you can get both kinds from each mission and face xp you get by doing these favors so random people on the map will be like hey i need a favor can you help me out and when you do it you get face but the first favor i did wasn't a favor if someone's stitching me up. To tell. Did you engage on this one? It's on the walkway. I don't know. Tell me about it. I did a whole bunch of these. I mean, this one doesn't sound particularly memorable, so I might have done it. I'm not sure now. Someone's in distress. I think there are random ones, like in Red Dead as well. You know, where someone's horse gets stolen, you get it back and you get some fame for it. I think there are random face missions too. Because I also had a random one where... Some drunk guy was hassling a shopkeeper and I had to just drag him away. Oh, I've not had that one. Yeah, so I think you do just get random ones that are not like missions on the map, but someone just asking for a favour on the street. So maybe this was one of those. Yeah, but it just ended up being me having to chase someone down to retrieve a... I have no idea now. I can't remember whether it's her bag or my bag or something else. It's not the one with the broken down car. No, the broken down car, I... Encountered that one as well. That was more ridiculous. That, that was like such a Red Dead one where you're like, oh, can you take a look? My car's broken down. Pop the hood. And when you go to look at the car, she just like whacks you on the back of the head and like steals your money. Well, she doesn't steal your money. Another guy steals your money. And then you've got to run after this other guy and beat him up and get your wallet back. Yeah, I don't like the, the terminology, maybe. It's not a favour. Bong and bong they are. <laughs> what did she say? He's <laughs> like, can I help you or not? <laughs> okay, yes. I mean, my Cantonese is terrible. <laughs> it was like, can I offer you a bong? <laughs> that would be a favour too. Yeah. And I saw in the stats, there's a concept of a, a job, but I've not done any yet. I don't know what they are still. A job? Yeah. Like serving noodles or something. I know nothing about this. Yeah, or massage. <laughs> you, you, can, you can go to a massage parlour and you can be the happy foot. Interesting. Did you do any races? I did the one race that you have to do for the police mission. There was no setup for these races, right? It starts up quite abruptly. Because you have to do some of these police missions in the course of the main story. So you have to do this drug bust to, you know, get this drug dealer called Popstar and something, something, something. After you close down that case, the next case is to infiltrate the street racing ring. And so you literally just go and talk to your undercover police handler or another one of your undercover police handlers. And they're like, Take this car, win this race. So I did the race, yes. Uh, but I only did the one mandatory race. I haven't done any of the others. I did the second one after that. And I ran over the girl who started the race. Uh-uh. That's not very nice. That's very punished. I wasn't That's punished. not very gentlemanly of you. <laughs> Just made me laugh. I'm really sorry. <laughs> the fact I wasn't punished for it made me chuckle so hard. I don't know why. As you talked about with Red Dead, when you accidentally killed someone. Yeah, it's weird. The, whoops. It's weird that sometimes there's just like no consequences and you're just like, this is strange. Like, am I playing this game wrong if there are no consequences? Am I meant to be doing this more often? 
it's funny because the way I play GTA games has changed. Like, I remember the first GTA, I used to literally just like steal loads of cars and like rack them all up together and try and blow them up in a massive chain for like huge multipliers and stuff. And I used to just, I used to not really do the missions. I used to just literally run around the city causing like chaos and carnage. And even into GTA 3, I used to play like that. But the more recent ones have been much more story heavy, I feel. And the same with this. Like, I'm not really causing chaos in the city. Maybe I'm meant to be. Maybe it'll be more fun. But I'm mostly just doing the story. Or doing these missions. A few of the favour missions particularly stood out for me. And I found them particularly amusing. So, the first one, you go up to a lady and she says, Oh, I can't pay my hospital bill. I need some money. Uh, The only thing of value I've got is my car. And you're like, oh, so you want me to sell your car? And she's like, no, I want you to drive it into the harbour. I've got really good insurance. And you're like, okay. So you walk out and then there's this car that looks like a total wreck. Like it's just smoking and all beaten up. And you have to drive it into the harbour. And it gives you a waypoint to basically like a ramp. And I was just driving at this ramp at full tilt. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm going to go in the harbour of this car. I need to jump out. I can't swim. And I pushed the button and I jumped out of the car. But there was so much forward momentum that actually, as the car went over the ramp, I just went with it and I just went careering into the ocean. But then lo and behold, I can swim. I was just so conditioned from GTA and Red Dead that water equals death. But actually, you can just swim in this game. I was really surprised you can swim. Do you have a stamina bar? Are you very bad at swimming? Not you, but way. I I have no idea. I mean, I literally just got out of the water because it made me feel uncomfortable. And the one you tweeted about? My t-shirts? This is the best one. I mean, it's so funny because it's called Ting's t-shirts. Did you, you play this one, right? Yeah, I did. And Ting is often a girl's name, apparently, in Cantonese. Yes. Clearly not always, but... Yeah, so in this mission, Ting is a girl and she owns a t-shirt store and she needs you to, well, she's saying her t-shirts aren't selling and she needs to make a new line of t-shirts and she wants you to take scenery photos of Hong Kong. I mean, I don't think these would actually really be very good t-shirts. Like, who who goes to Hong Kong and buys scenery t-shirts? People buy t-shirts for witty, you know, phrases like shotgun is my spirit animal. But delay no more. Delay no more. Do you know why delay no more is funny? Yes, I do. It's basically saying what? Something very rude in Cantonese about your, your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Love your mum. Yeah. Anyway. So you get to the... Well, you have to take a photo first of the temple. Yes. Which is all right, I guess. And then the next one is to take a photo of the sunset. The sunset, what, at like the harbour wall or something? So, I think the game kind of like fast forwards the time as well to to make it sunset, no matter what time it is. So, I had this amazing drive there. I was like on a motorcycle. I'd I'd stolen someone's superbike and I was just like weaving through traffic and I was trying to do a wheelie. But this is when I'd accidentally pushed the action hijack button all the time. So, I was getting like these weird like slow motion overtakes and it was really like cinematic and cool. And then as I approached the waypoint, I kind of hit a bump and I went sailing into the air like flew forward like 20 something meters and then the game kind of like stopped and like it went like time fast forwarded into sunset and I went bam I just landed 
and it had just taken all the momentum away so i just like landed perfectly on this super bike after having done this like 30 meter jump at sunset and i was like yes i rock and then standing there is a guy doing this funny pose he's like standing on leg doing like this kawaii victory hands pose and i'm like huh so i go to take the picture and he's in the picture and i'm like oh this is funny but i take the picture and i think oh this is gonna make a funny photo but where he's like you're ruining the photo man get out the photo it's like oh okay he's not supposed to be in the photo and the other guy's like oh i'm sorry i just can't reach the camera and then it pops up a prompt it's like beat up the guy to get him out your photo and i'm like oh okay so i walk up to him and instead of pushing the punch button i push the grab button and wei shen just shouts i've had enough of you asshole and just grabs him and throws him off the cliff he literally just like throws him over the railing and he was like ah i was just like cracking up because i was like what the hell just happened this guy's got serious anger management issues. It was just so unexpected. It was just so unexpected because he's like, one minute, he's all respectful and talking about his family and how his sister died and how he wants to, you know, get back at the trials or something. Next minute, he's like, had enough of you, asshole. And he just throws a guy off a cliff. And it's just the guy who loves photos. He just loves to be in photos. He just likes to be in front of the camera. He's done nothing wrong. Yeah, so I can see why they wouldn't suspect me of being an undercover cop after that. And anyway, that's it. You take the photo, mission complete. You didn't try and find the poor guy? I don't think you even can. I mean, it's literally like off the edge of a cliff. Did you die a lot? I have yet to die. I keep getting beaten up in the the melee encounters. Oh, wait, I am dying in missions, but there's just an option to restart from checkpoint. Is it not like that for you? Not if, because I'm doing the drug busts oh okay i haven't tried to do any of those yet it's getting really expensive six thousand dollars my last hospital visit so i fourth one so just go up each time i've just assumed so i don't know i've only ever died in a mission and when i've died in a mission it's just been restart from checkpoint so i'm not sure and going back to the the upgrade branches it's all a bit crappy right i don't know i've got some useful ones i think you would say that, wouldn't what, what, you? What did you take? I've got two levels of police. I've got one that lets me disarm people, like disarm them of their guns. And I've got one that lets me break into cars without setting off their alarm. And on the tried one, I've got bonus melee damage. And I don't remember the other one. The other one's like inconsequential. Plus a bunch of extra like martial arts skills for like doing massive roundhouse kicks and like knocking people out. Okay. Okay. Now you've talked about it. Sounds okay now. Obviously, I didn't go for the disarm enemies, nor did I go for the silent carjacking. You must have gone for one of them, because they're the... Opposite sides. Yeah. I went for the other side. I didn't go for the silent carjacking. Yeah, I think I took the disarm enemies one first, and then I have yet to disarm a single enemy, so then I thought, you know what, let's take the other one. And I took the carjacking. The carjacking one's quite useful. Waking up? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a characterization thing. I find it kind of strange, actually, because there are a few times when you wake up in your apartment and you just appear to be having PTSD, like you're hearing all these voices and you seem very stressed and you're like, what am I doing? What is it? What's going on? I guess they're trying to put you in the headspace of the character, but it's just not really working for me. I don't know. It just feels a bit strange. It's badly paced because you've just completed a mission and you're waking up, so you're not expecting to switch on. So what's the right word? Instantly or spontaneous? Not spontaneously. 
but you're not expecting like narrative just thrown at you, slapped at, into your face or slapped into your face. Yeah, I don't think it's no, probably is the right thing. I mean, it's a bit ham fisted. It's all a bit too on the nose. Sometimes I load my game up and that's what happens. Tell me about your virtual taxi rides. Is it like your real life taxi rides? There have been a few times when I haven't had a vehicle and this is before I unlocked the steal a car power. So I just saw a cab and I thought, oh, I wonder if I can just catch a cab to the destination instead. So I walked up the door and I just saw it said F. I was playing the keyboard at the time, it just said F. So I just tapped F and I opened the door of the cab and I dragged the driver out, threw him on the street and got in the cab. And I was like, what? What? I thought I was going to hire the cab. And unfortunately, right behind the cab was a policeman. And so thus ensued a high speed police chase across Hong Kong. And fortunately, I used my amazing skills of ramming him off the road to then evade the police. And then I had a, and then I had a cab to drive to my destination too. Yay. But it wasn't what I intended. So it turns out you actually have to hold the button to hail a cab because if you just press it, you steal a cab. It does actually say hold underneath the button. So the next time I came up to a cab, I was much more careful and I read it much more carefully. And then I got in the cab and picked my destination and it was really expensive. How much? It was $300 to travel about 600 meters. <laughs> they saw you a foreigner. <laughs> no, they didn't. It's, it's it's like the real Hong Kong. I look completely Chinese. They can only tell once I get in and they hear my accent. Yeah, you gave way too much of the accent. That's right. <laughs> when, I, when I was saying, hey, I want to go to this like, 600 meters away. Oh, yeah, that'll be $300, sir. Because real Hong Kong cabs are actually really cheap. Like $300 would be like a 30, 40 minute journey. Yeah, it'll be a tenth of the price. Yeah, a, a regular... Like to travel 600 meters would be like about the equivalent of £2.50 maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't even jump. It would be that... It would be the base fare. fare, yeah. Um, My last particular comment, I guess, is have you ever looked up? No. So, well, I mean, I guess it is the real Hong Kong. In the middle of it, there is the peak, which is kind of... I was going to say a big mountain, but really it's kind of not a very tall mountain. It's big compared to the rest of Hong Kong. (laughs) Anyway... The peak in this game looks like it's made of like five polygons. Where did you look up to the peak from? Uh, from the temple. So it's a bit that doesn't have high rise buildings. You can just see right behind it. I don't know. It's just really oddly low poly. Have you tried looking out to the sea? Can you see the other side of? Can you see Kowloon, you mean? Yes. I've not noticed it. I don't know. Yeah, we should look next time. So you're... Initial observations versus real life Hong Kong. Yeah, I just thought it'd be quite funny to list, you know, like high level things that were accurate versus things that are inaccurate. So accurate, the bins, like the bins actually look like real Hong Kong bins. The orange bins. Well, they're they're purple in this game, but they they do have purple bins in Hong Kong as well. But you're right, orange ones are more common. But I have seen purple ones, and they are the correct shape, and they've got the little ashtray at the top and everything. So the bins are accurate along with taxis and buses and minibuses. Or at least they're accurate from a high level. It's like they're the right kind of shape. The buses are the right kind of colour. They've got like that white and green colour scheme. The minibuses, again, they've got like the green minibus colour scheme. And I think there's some red minibuses too. Shouldn't the minibuses all be red? 
You get green minibuses. In, on the island? Yeah, yeah. Red, red versus green minibus is not an island versus not island thing. What? Really? Yeah, they're two different companies. So, actually, I'm not sure it's the case anymore, but it used to be that green minibuses followed a set route and red minibuses could do whatever the hell they liked. Like red minibuses, you'd get in the red minibus and they'd be like, oh, it's $100 now. And you're like, what? It's, it's raining. Price has gone up. They're not allowed to do that now. So I think red minibuses also have to follow routes, but maybe not quite as closely. I don't know. The taxis, you commented that the taxi cars are wrong. I mean, in North Point, all the taxis are red, as far as I can tell, which is like the real Hong Kong. You said you saw some green ones. In Central. Uh-uh. Yeah. They Never mind. They can't get it here. Yeah, green taxis are only allowed what in new territories, you said. Yeah. All right. Any more accurate observations? The faces. The faces. <laughs> what are you saying, Ting? The Chinese sounds good. Yeah, the Kante's quite good. The pedestrian road crossing noise as well, I think, is accurate. It's like this kind of... I was going to say it's like a bell, but it's not really like a bell. I can't really quite describe it. It is the real sound. You can insert it here. So real pedestrian crossings in Hong Kong make this sound as well. Did you know there's a radio station in this game? Radio stations, sorry. Yeah, whenever you get in your vehicle, it plays the radio. Have you listened to the Chinese? Is there a Chinese radio station? That's that's what I wanted to ask. Well, they're all Chinese, aren't they? No, I listen to Kerrang. Oh, I don't know. I've just been listening to whatever the default is for whatever vehicle I've jacked. There's like Chinese gangster rap. It's actually quite cool. Maybe I should try that instead. I'll come back to you next week. Next okay. time. Okay. I, I guess I should branch out my musical taste too because I think all I'm hearing is Chinese gangster rap. So, inaccuracies. The geography. Well, <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean, they've missed out most of the physical area of Hong Kong. Fair enough. I was going to say, way too much neon. Like, the real Hong Kong doesn't actually have very much neon signage left. Actually, that's quite true. It still has gigantic signboards, but they're either just big lit up signs rather than neon signs. Or they are LEDs, or they're even gigantic Blade Runner style TVs now. But think back to 2012. Even in 2012, I mean, the neon's been disappearing over a long period of time. I mean, maybe there was a little bit more in 2012, but still not that much. So what else are you not happy with? I think my favorite comment, there's no cum recycling bins. This is a real thing. I'm not just joking. Like, all over Hong Kong, as well as the regular dust bins, that are the, like, the round, normally orange, but sometimes purple ones that I mentioned earlier that are accurate, it's also very common to get litter cum recycling bins which often are just vandalised slash graffiti to say, come recycling bin. <laughs> the, the government actually at some point realised that in, you know, modern English, this sounds filthy because come is with in Latin. But they obviously know that nowadays, that's not what people mean. So they actually printed stickers of like a slash, like literally like, you know, a, a forward slash and stuck these over the word come so it just became litter slash recycling bin but then other people have just been peeling the stickers off because it's just too funny are you saying the recycling bins are missing or the well th- this the, whole the wording is missing this, this whole style of bin is missing i haven't seen a single 
cum recycling bin in all the sleeping dogs. You're not, you're not being helpful. If I know what you're saying. Yeah. You just you're just trying to be filthy. But, but both the wording and the actual physical style of bin, I've not seen. And then what else? Too many phone booths, not enough people. Yeah, way not enough people, way not enough. <laughs> way not enough, is that good grammar? And there's no MTR, but I don't know if there was an MTR. Well, the- <laughs> there was an MTR in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> is there an MTR in the game, is what I wanted to ask. I don't think it's an MTR in the game, which again is a bit of an oversight. Like The MTR is such a massive piece of Hong Kong. Like Everyone travels by MTR. I think it'll be interesting to see how this develops as we explore more virtual Hong Kong. Yeah, since all the missions so far have really been confined just to North Point, which is the bit of Hong Kong we know the least about, you know, as in we have the least personal experience. We've both been there, but we don't go there often. I wouldn't say I've been there. Have you never been there? Probably not. It's next to Causeway Bay. Why would I go there? I just, okay, sorry, I I tram through it. Yeah. Taxi uh, through it. It's more that I've been through it. I mean, I've, I've been there for a handful of reasons like you know i had some friends who lived in north point or i went to like some events in north point or something You've been to events there I-, I went to a tedx in north point were you talking <laughs> was i talking how not to be a loser how to annoy people no i wasn't talking you should take that talk before someone else does <laughs> right okay I'll-, I'll take that under advisement yeah don't do that you'll, you'll be the people will start coming after you saying you're part of the problem <laughs> you're part of the problem <laughs> okay so I wonder, as we get to some of the other areas in the game, whether we'll have a clearer picture of how accurate it is or how accurately it's captured the feel of that bit of Hong Kong. Since Central and Kennedy Town, we should know much better. Yes. And then in Central, there's particularly Soho and Victoria Peak, which again, like, you know, these are all areas that in theory I should know pretty well because I've been to them a lot. So... We shall see. So, finally, what's the checkpoint for next time, Ting? Complete Dockyard Heist. So, finish Dockyard Heist for next time. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.an.ting at lostlevels.club. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. You can find us on Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. And there'll be a link to the YouTube in the show notes. There will indeed. That's it? That's it. Are you grateful for anything? I'm grateful it's almost the weekend. Not the epic curry lunch that you had. (laughs) I'm, I'm grateful that we can stop recording and I can carry on burping with impunity. And play some PUBG. And play some PUBG. I'm grateful that I found what is causing the problems with my network and I can be owning at PUBG because I've been having random disconnections on PUBG. Like it's actually causing quite a problem. Like I'll be in the middle of looting or a fight or be trying to be stealthy. And then we just say network lag detected and I just won't be able to do anything for like 10 seconds. And then I'll be like dead because my network is disconnecting. And I discovered it's due to my network cable. So easily fixed. Listen to our next episode to find out what excuse Sir Mike comes up with next time. <laughs> it's like, so I'm losing at PUBG because other people... <laughs> it's obviously not my fault. I'd be number one if it wasn't for those. That's a life lesson. You'd be number one if it w- <laughs> weren't for those others. So Michael says bye. Bye. <laughs>